Welcome to Linked Up, Breaking Boundaries in Education, a podcast that focuses on what is happening in education today, connecting everyone to the movers and shakers that are breaking boundaries in the education arena. Welcome to Linked Up, Breaking Boundaries in Education. So Jerry and I are very excited to have this guest today because he really exemplifies what we try to do on our podcast. One of the themes that always emerges in our conversations is building relationships. And uh, our guest today really um, has uh, his mission about that as well, I think. That's right. Today we have... Dr. Matthew X. Joseph that wrote this book, The Power of Connections, and he has another book that just came out. We have so many questions for him today, but I'm going to start with a personal one because Jamie and I were asking ourselves this, and I know other people want to know, Matt. So Matthew X. Joseph, your new website is The X Factor what does the X stand for? Well, first of all, nice to, to meet you both. Well, I've met Jerry before. Jamie, nice to meet you. Thanks for having me on. It's, it's super exciting. Uh, I'm thrilled to be here and, and chat with two amazing educators. And, and it really kind of goes to my story with the X's. And okay. it, it started with, so I grew up, it was my mom raised me with my sister and my grandmother was, was a big part of my life. And my grandfather's name was George Xavier Joseph, hmm. or Jeffrey, and sorry, not Joseph, George Xavier Jeffrey. And he was a big part of my life being one of the only male role models for me. So my middle name is Xavier. So for me, that was always something that separated me um, yes. growing up and having something that was special to me. So I always, and, and you see it on my name here, my, my Twitter handle is at Matthew X Joseph. It's something that I always used to kind of have something special and to carry on kind of a family tradition because he was someone who never finished high school, who was at every one of my sporting games, was at my college graduation, because he was just proud that somebody in the family um, went in and were successful. So when it was time to start thinking about doing some of my own work and, and having my own stamp on, on things, X Factor seemed to be what I wanted to go with to also keep his name going. And also it's my middle name and middle initial, as you said, it's on the book. So X stands it. for Xavier. It does set you apart too, because you really think Matthew X. I, I always yeah. think of that. So yeah, and especially with common first and last names, I want to have something right. in there, right? Absolutely. Well, true. You have two first names. So you got the X in there that. All right. We've had a great show. Thank you, everybody. We, we, we've discovered what that is. We're good. Yeah, but yeah that's right. That's right. That's our uh, first question is answered. You know, as I was reading your book, so many people that are in your book have been on our podcast. <laughs> Great. Anna Cosma, Yuritsa, Tom Murray, Carl Hooker. I, it's just uncanny how many people that we are connected to. Yes. So, and, yeah. And, and you and I met the first time we ever met, if you, if you remembered, was... I at um, Carl Hooker's Learn Fest in um, Austin. I've had Palooza. I've had Palooza. It comes up all the time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was like, hey, nice to meet you. And just the, the dominoes of that, you were there with Phil Hintz and not with him, but you were in, in a session with him. And it just how those individual uh, impactful people came about. And that's really where the book came from. It was like, we all talk about it, but let's document how we can harness all of this 
great energy and, and, and work and, and thought leaders and ideas and also be vulnerable that we don't have all the answers, that it's okay to say, I, you know, I call on this person for, for help with SEL. I call on this person for, for support when I talk with MLL students and, and different things. And, and it wanted to just say, well, what's the roadmap to get there? Because it's not something that we don't know about. We know about collaboration. We know about connecting. We know about using digital media. But when the pandemic hit, it all went away in a sense. And I missed it. I missed seeing people and I missed having that level of conversations. And I wanted to talk about how to get that back. But also, it's not just about a book about if you're in a global pandemic, it's about harnessing the the global relationships. I consider you a friend. We've only met each other probably twice in real life, once an actual time. First time was in passing and we talked and connected and chatted And that's what it's about, that how we can open up and be better educators and learn from each other and just some strategies and tools to make that happen. Yes. And your book has so many strategies and tools, but I wanted to read just a little quote on page 45 (laughs) because I, this one really hit me, I think because I relate to it. Um, I became more innovative in my leadership because of the people I met and the ideas I acquired. The event, and I don't remember which event you're talking about, but let's say iPad Palooza, taught me to believe in creative leadership with no boundaries. It gave me the confidence to maximize my abilities. I love that quote because I feel like when people have connected at some of these events, it really does give you confidence to know that you can go back and ask more questions if you need to. And you also see what they're doing. And so many of the people that we all know are so encouraging and they really do promote each other to do better. What's something that you have gotten the confidence to do because you met someone? Sure. And, and I'll, I'll use something right from the book because it is, is, is really impactful. But the, the event you're talking about was a tech and learning leader. It was the first national event that I got to go to. So six, a little over six years ago, when I moved from being a building principal to a district leader, I was uh, had the opportunity to go to tech and learning leader. I was new to that space. I was new to national events. And I went, it was in San Francisco. It was actually the first time I met Carl. I met Adam, Adam File, Andy Wallace great friends to this day. And I was newer and they said, does anyone want to contribute? And I was like, this is my first time here. Everybody seems to know who each other are. I'm just going to wait. And somehow they just said, why don't you share? What's your name again? They looked at my name tag. I stood up and I started to share. And then other people started to share too. And I felt like a bond. And I felt like I was included from from this first day. And some of those friends I met at that that I just named my friends from, from Gaggle I met at that time and multiple other people included me throughout the way and it gave me the confidence, like you said, to, to continue working. And, and another tech and learning event that I went to, just to answer your question, so two uh, educators were, were given the keynote and I was like, wow, they're, they're great. And I was like envious of them, not jealous. There's a difference in my opinion. I was like, I want to be able to do that and I want to learn from them. So after there was a dinner and I just went up to him, introduced myself. And I said, could you give me some strategies where to start? And they started to say, you know, craft your message, be consistent, start to blog. And I was like, great. 
And actually the two of them and, and I this year were in Las Vegas. The three of us were keynoting the National EdTech event. And that was three years after because I listened to them. I opened up, was super vulnerable. At that time, I, I finished my doctorate. I was older. I had more experience, but I was like, I want that, not in a selfish way, but I want the skills that I see you portraying up there. You were incredibly knowledgeable. You were funny. You had a great presence. How do I move from a state? And I did a lot of work. Uh, it's called MESPA at the time, the Massachusetts Elementary School Principal Association. How do I, how do, I do that, but take it up to a, a larger level? And they didn't see it as competition. They didn't see it as oh. like a fan. They were just like, Here, here's, here's some things we've done. And I'm sure yeah. someone told them along the way. And, and, and that's, you know, weaving it into the book. That was a lot of the, this. This isn't new stuff, but sometimes you just need to start. And sometimes you need someone to say, here's what you can do first. And for me, that's where I found my confidence of like, wow, some of these people who are just up on the stage are helping me out and I'm going to repay them by helping other people. And you were on the stage with them. And then I was on the stage with them in Las <laughs> yeah, Vegas this year. That's great. It's powerful. January is mentorship month. And it, that's what you're talking about. Getting, uh, you know, building relationships, learning from others, um, getting advice from others, but then paying it forward uh, to others as well. And that's yes. what we really talked about, the importance of that and paying that forward. And honestly, you know, we can only have growth if we are risk takers and we can only become risk takers if we have support, the support of people uh, behind us with people like mentors, people and something else. We had um, you know, a podcast last week that was on mentorship month on mentorship. We had a fantastic mentor. I don't know if you have met her or not, but Kathy Hurley. And she talked just about what you did about how, you know, forcing yourself to, break that fear of asking questions and, and, you know, getting advice and putting yourself out there in a big group. Like when you're at a national conference, she says, sometimes she'll, she'll do the same thing, even though she's been in this for 40 years, over 40 years, you know, she'll sometimes be like, I don't, I don't know those people. I'm not going to go to that reception. And then she'll say, I'm not going to meet new people. I'm not going to grow. If I don't, I'm going. And she said, Darn if I don't meet at least three new people each time. It's important. It's really important to, to feel that confidence to get yourself out there. Absolutely. And I think it, it's just about having that inner confidence and, and inner mm -hmm. strength. I remember my first year as a principal, it didn't go great because I was, I was young at the time. I was 34. I was the only male in the building and one of the youngest individuals. So my first... You know, First thought is I'm the man, right? I'm in charge. I got principal on the door. I'm leading the show. I got a show, but inside I'm like, oh my gosh, I am over my skis here. I'm not sure what to do. So what does an inexperienced leader do? Try to be the boss, right? Try to say, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to show I should be here. And it was a disaster. And I didn't ask questions because I thought that would show weakness. But it wasn't until I started to ask for some support that I started to improve as a leader. I started to mature. I started to vet ideas and our school started to get better. I started to get better. And I tell new leaders all the time. My first book was actually on mentorship, the modern mentor. And it's about showing strength that actually shows your strength when you're willing to say, this is something I'm not sure about. And because you have to have that courage to do that, because if you don't, 
like me in my first year as a principal, it's not going to go well. It's just not. So ask for that support and then learn and grow from it. And, and that's where, that's what the true growth mindset is. That's what the true growth over time, all of these buzzwords you hear, it just starts with you having that confidence to say, this is where I need some support. You talk about the importance of building relationships, growing stronger together. Um, you also said that, that for you, it seemed to evolve in that way, first by asking questions in your own position, but then also when you're going to conferences and you know, meeting new people, putting yourself out there. Um, I, social media, I'm assuming, really plays into that and helped build and keep those communicate, those, that dialogue going. Um, but it's that in-person that really establishes it. Did you, have you found that? In-person for me is where I like to really get out and try some new ideas. When you have that opportunity to meet individuals in person, you can share some of your thoughts and get real-time feedback. You can share a presentation and have others comment. I always say this is not a Matt Joseph monologue. This is an opportunity for me to share experiences that I've had both as a school leader, as a district leader in small district, and now a district leader in a very large district, just to share some strategies. And then I always ask, what do you think on this point? Because having that professional dialogue in person allows you to model what it's like within a district. There's never a time in our jobs as school leaders or teachers that we aren't going to have an opportunity to meet with other individuals. If we don't practice those skills in person, then we're not going to have that real stamina to do it in our own comfort zones. It also allows you to learn new ideas. I love going to events, not just to speak, but I love to go see other individuals for a few. One, as a person who just likes to consume new content and ideas. Two, I get to see so many different people speak in their style, their cadence, how they move, their visuals. For me, I get a chance to learn. And then it's a chance for me to try things as well. I talk about prototyping a lot, where I try something, I get some feedback and enhance it. And even when you see people who've tried something over and over again, you just always tweak it. You always add to it. And for me, that's where that inner confidence comes. Keep trying it, keep coming back and keep getting better. Yes. You talk about in-person conferences, and then you also talked about the power of social media. Mm -hmm. And you said that when you first met Carl Hooker and uh, Adam File, they gave you some advice and, and the advice was start with blogging. Mm -hmm. What is your advice today? Is blogging still where you would tell someone to start if they wanted to, to move to a national level? I, I think it's a, I think it's a great start for two reasons. One, once you can get your thoughts out on, on paper or, or on a digital platform, it allows you to craft it. It allows you to frame it. It allows you to have a platform that you can share a singular idea. So one of my early, my early years of blogging, I tried to get out a thousand things. Most that's an exaggeration, but like 10 different ideas in one, like get this blog and this so, but as I evolved, it's like one idea. The most recent blog I wrote was about professional development. That's it. I didn't go into 10 different things. So it helps you frame your thinking. The second, thing it, the second thing it allows you to do as we expand in our global connections is it essentially becomes a script for a possible YouTube show, a possible short podcast, a, a one-way podcast, or 
in online professional development. So what my blogs turned out to be, once I got better at writing them and more adept at adding strategies to my thoughts, I started to just not like read them boring, like a read aloud, but I would record myself and share some of the strategies, save that to a YouTube channel and send it to my staff and say, here's some ideas on how to use QR codes. Here's some ideas on how to use Boxer. Here's some ideas on how to build culture in your, in your classroom. And they stem from my, my blog. Now, I'm not a great writer. I don't say that I am. I think I'm like a creator of ideas and I harness them in certain ways. And they've thankfully been able to lead to a few books and some articles, but it started with blogging because it helps you get your ideas out. It also allows you, as, as we were talking about earlier, to put some of it on social media. So if you put your blog out there, people will comment. Sometimes they're harder to, to read comment. You also can control the comments on them or not, but it allows you to get real-time feedback. And getting that real-time feedback is something that helps you grow as a writer. It helps you grow as a leader, and it'll help you develop your lens just a little bit more crisp. On the cover of your book, one of redefining education collaboration, I, I think that's one of the ways you have redefined it, like with your staff, sending them a video that they can watch when it's convenient for them. Uh, and I really like that idea because people have times that it's more convenient for them than others. So, Right. And it gives them a feeling of choice and, and value. And if you had three or four or five of them, and you say for this hour, and I've done enough boring staff meetings in my life to know like, if someone's going to come to a sit and get, it's not what they want. But if you can have like five options and say, here's five options, videos, podcasts like this, or an article over the next hour, these match our school vision and school improvement plan. Choose one that resonated with you. And then, they, and then you take that time and, and, and you work through it. And then to, if you want to enhance it, the next time you meet, say, share with someone who read or did something different. And that's really where that small connection start. And then it's go find something that another person read about it. I mean, there's three months of professional development, right? The three, three months of staff meetings for you principals out there, just like that, by putting a 10-minute, 15-minute video out there. And it's a great way to, yeah, right. It's, it's a great way to, to build that culture in your school because you're giving this choice. You are allowing for them to, um, you know, communicate about it as well. And there's more buy-in that way. Um, the, the motivation is higher too, when you're doing it that yeah, way. And it, and it empowers individuals as well. And, you know, in, a, in somewhat of a shameless plug, but that's what the second follow-up book is stronger together. The power of connections within a school is that we are talking about the global connections, but as we started to return to school, we had to adjust at how to now harness those relationships and professional collaborations within four walls and, and empowering others' voices. One of the first things, one of the first staff meetings I ran this year was everybody contribute one article. That's it. You have, you have a month to contribute one article that is it aligns with our school vision and I did it through our district. So I created a Google form, very basic things. Here's a form, can you put the article in there? Well, we have 600 teachers. We just gathered by you contributing one article, 600 possible impactful readings. Some were duplicates, but that showed like this is where we're going. And then from there you can tag them and say, here's some on 
school culture. Here's some on high school, you know, athletics. Here's whatever it is. And that starts with one. And that's where that mindset of this connections and stronger together mindset and education is right now. We're essentially crowdsourcing to support each other. It gives people a voice. It shows you value them. And at the end of the day, it makes my job a whole lot easier if I just put one article in there, right? Right. That's what I admire about you, Matt, is that you give people practical ideas and ways that they can make these kinds of things happen. Your book is just loaded with practical ideas. And I think educators really like that because their time is so limited. They appreciate that. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. And and, and for me to go back to the in-person or talking about events, I learn best if I go see you speak about something and tomorrow I try it. And that's kind of how I started to blog. Like, here's some things you can do tomorrow. And it turned into how I started to write and present. Oh, what a journey. Oh, yeah. Very inspiring. And then now on the next step on this journey is you have started your own publishing company. Yeah, that was that came as a little bit of a surprise, but one that I've jumped into and, and, and really excited and proud. And we don't say that enough about ourselves in education that these are things we're proud that, that we do. So this summer I turned 50. So I said, All right, what's the next kind of adventure in my life? And it, it was right when the book, The Power Connections came out. And I had a very close relationship with the Codebreaker uh, CEO, Brian Aspinall. And I was supporting Codebreaker by bringing in a few authors to Codebreaker. And he said, why don't you keep your people that you're connected with and start your own publication with your own view? And I said, I'm not sure I know how to do that. And similar to what we talked about like 20 minutes ago, I said, tell me how to do it. And he spent, you know, hours with me, sharing me and and then went out and and grabbed, you know, asked some people to start writing and Stronger Together was the first book we have out. Carl Hooker's book, Ready, Set, Fail is is coming out next. Uh, A friend of mine, Yuritsa's book, it's the first children's book. We had both Uh, of them on the podcast. Yep. Yes. So um, and it just was, it, it, it was a different sense of leadership and accomplishment in the sense that I'm helping somebody else get their voice out. And my, the first, you know, the first line in power connections is be unapologetically you. And that is the real kind of driving force behind the X factor publication is that I want to have stories out there that are real, that people want to share and they're just fun. And if nothing else, you spend six months writing a book you love. And, and that's, that's great. And, and, and that's when the real passion comes out. And I've had some amazing projects come from, from our team because they're like, I can really say this. I can really write this. Obviously, it's professional and it's, it's nothing offensive. But yeah, yeah, write some of the things that, that you wanted in there. And that was important to me. Well, I know my co-host, Jamie, always talks about wanting to write a book. How would you tell her to get started? Well, I actually already wrote one, but this was a long time ago. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. A publishing company uh, reached out to me. So it was, it was easy that way. You know, they had something in mind. So I kind of went that way, but this is something that I'm passionate about. And I talk about in a lot of our podcasts too, it's building relationships. It's the power of cooperative learning. Um, But you know, I have my my maps. I haven't filed it out yet. But part of my hesitation, I think, is oh, what we we're talking about before. You know, well, first of all, for me, it's also time. But 
you know, getting out, taking risks, getting outside your comfort zone, right? It's the only way, it's the best way to have that growth mindset. But um, I think I get halted at that publication step. Like, I don't know who to trust, where to go, you know, that sort of thing. So- yeah. And, and, and that's hard with, especially with a lot of, you know, publication companies, you see them out there. I'm not going to start rambling through names. I've researched, read, and, and it, for me, one of my big things is that it's about the trust in people. And if you look at the, the authors on my page, Carl's a great friend. He's published with ISTEs. He's, you know, speaks across the country. And I think in my sense, having our team allowed to have their own voice and their own creative freedom is something that, that we stand for. And I think that's, and for some people, that's not what they're looking for. And that's, that's fine too. And um, Christine, who you met, Jerry, she's edited both of the books. And it's a very educator lens on being an editor, too, and saying, I don't understand this. And, and it's, it's a great process. And, and the, to go back to the question of where to start is just start with something you love to write about. And then you write something that's great. And you're like, oh, well, I want to add to it. And then, then you add something else. Don't. And this, is, this isn't advice for everybody. This is just how I would support and model and mentor is don't write chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, write 10 blogs that you just love, write 10 things that you like, and then try to puzzle piece them together and say, this fits, does, this doesn't fit. This is great. Maybe it's a little longer. This is actually good, but it's part of here. And then you start to, to piece it together. And the second is find a routine. So for me, one of the questions I always like to get is how do you have time to do all this stuff? I was going to ask you if you sleep. Yeah, so, so, so because you're uh, all over social media. So I'm incredibly efficient, and and I'm not saying that in a, a, a pat myself on the back way, but in a strategy to answer your question way. So find a routine. So for me, when I was at Boston College, that's where I did my my dissertation. I wanted to, I had to go to work. I was a principal, so I left for work around seven thirty. So I said, all right, I got. I'm a morning person. I'll get up at four thirty or five and spend two hours. That's my BC time. I'm going to read, I'm going to write, and, and, and you know, it's a lot to, to get involved. And because once the day starts and at the end of the day, me personally, I'm spent. So in 2016, I, I finished and I graduated and I'm up every day at 4.35. What am I going to do? So I would take a walk and that's when I started to write. And then the second piece of it is I, I like to, to talk. I'm a very verbal brainstormer. So I actually use my phone and I use the notes. I use the notes app. And when I take a walk, I just start talking and, and that's how the first few articles happen is where I just would talk, the notes app would write it out. So in my half hour walk, I'd write an article and half of the book, Jerry was done on my, on the notes app on my phone, because when I would ever get stuck or I'm like, I got a writer's block. I'm like, okay, let me go for a walk. I take my walk, my dog Gizmo out. People see me and him out all the time and just start talking into it, dictating it. Granted, it drives the, the editor crazy that it comes off a little bit jarbly. So I definitely try to edit that. But those are my those are my strategies for those individuals looking to take that next step. So great. Just, just start piecing things together and finding a routine that works for you. That might not work for you, but the point of it is find a strategy that does. So 430 in the morning does not work for me. Um, <laughs> Done. <laughs> but it's funny that you say that because one of our other um, author guests, I can't remember which one said the same thing. She, it was, a, I can't remember who it was, but she said that uh, she gets up and does it in the morning too, her writing. Um, but for sure, and I've already started this, is um, 
speaking it because it just allows you to allows the words to come out more naturally and authentically. So, and that's what you want the book to be, right? You want it to be authentic. Yes. And you so hear it live time too. Yes. And <laughs> ah, motivating. So As you said, super yes. efficient, super efficient. First of all, you got your exercise and your book at the same time. Yes. And the dog walked. I mean, yeah, there you right. go. Come on. <laughs> Look Trifecta. at that. Trifecta. That's like great. It. That's great. Well, Matt, we always like to ask our guests a question that my mentor of many years ago would ask me. And it's with all the work that you've done, the books that you've written, what has become clear? <sighs> two things. Can I do two? Sure. So for me, what has become clear is I have made the greatest gains when I was just myself. Now that might sound silly. Uh -huh. like, what do you mean you yourself? Well, when I was started to be a principal, I wore a shirt and tie every day and I had a briefcase and it just felt stuffy to me. You rarely would ever see me like that. Now I wear a t-shirt and a jacket on stage. I wear a backpack. I, I talk, I wear a hat most of the time. This is one of the few times you would see me without a hat, not because I'm balding, but because it's just comfortable for me. Right. I became comfortable in my own skin. And when I really grasped who I am, I like to have fun. I like to laugh. I, I, but in the core, I'm very serious about what's important to me, that right. I'm comfortable where, with who I am. And I think for me, that's what I would tell. What I've learned along this process is, learn who you are. It sounds kind of corny, yes. but it's, it's really not. And then embrace it. And you know what? It's people are going to gravitate to individuals who are internally confident. This right. is who I am. This is what I believe in. These are the close people in my life and, and they're important to me. And, and the second half of that is have fun. Like there's just so many serious things right now. This profession is incredibly serious. It's incredibly impactful. I, I, I value education to the highest degree. I value others, you know, input into this, but at the same time, you know, when we saw each other in Orlando, we had some laughs and we talked and it was right. lighthearted and you have to have fun in your job because if you don't, it's work. And I like to be inspired by others who who are comfortable in their own skin, which might mean you're quirky. Oh, well, that's where right. we all gravitate to. And, and you create that bond and have fun along the way. Oh, great advice. This was so inspirational. It not only talked about connections, but mentorship as well. Yeah, snuck that in there. We did. That was great. But I think what I like about you most is that you're just so authentic and you really care about uh, what you do and you care about people. And I think that's why you're you're so inspiring. So, oh, well, but well, thank you. I wanted to say before the show started, you talked about what your one word was. Yes. So you've been, everyone has been kind of talking about their one word. Tell us what your one word is. Sure. So mine is amplified for this year because it's it's my goal to amplify others' voice through the <sighs> Stronger That's Together so Experience podcast. So I'd love to have you two on. And through oh. blogging, I've started a guest blog on my website. And I can't believe the amount of people who've sent blogs in to, to just get their voices out. As like you said, Jamie, just to get started. And obviously now through the, the publication, because I, I know, I, I, as everybody, we've, we've made missteps in our professional careers. 
I've was been i been fortunate when I do, someone's there to say, here's how you can do it better. How about you try this? Or they've given me chances along the way. And who am I to not do that for other people? So Amplify for me is the next stage in my leadership is to support others. It, it's not about me. It, it's about we. And that sounds corny, but that's what the whole new book about is about how we can support each other um, and, and doing this. You brought up Anne. Um, at, the, at the beginning of this uh, a podcast, I met her for the first time in Austin at LearnFest. We did a, we did a, it was called uh, a blind keynote where everybody had headphones on and you each, everyone in the audience could turn into one of the two of us dueling keynotes. We were on the stage at the same time. So the screens were behind us and, and you could see who had my color, who would have hers. It was a blast. First time we met, we've been great friends since because it was such a vulnerable experience and we just laughed about it. It wasn't who had more green or who had more, or I think it was blue, the other color. It was about, wow, we did something that hasn't really been done before. And we just owned it and had fun with it. And Carl helped me amplify my voice. Many people have helped me get to where I'm at. Uh, it's up to me now to do that for other people. Oh, that's terrific. together through empowerment. I love it. And where that's do we good. find your blog and where could people send in potential blogs? Absolutely. So, yes. uh, so you can follow me on, on Twitter, which a lot of the links are there at Matthew X Joseph, but my, the, my website, which is xfactor.link um, is actually, let me, I will, there's a few places for sure xfactor.link is the place that you'll find like resources about me, resources about the book. And then there's a blog section and there's my blog, but there's also guest blogs. So you can send it in and see who's written there. And in this most recent one was a woman I've never met and she writes for womens.org and she, that from the magazine and she just saw something I did on, online and she sent in a blog about learning from home for, for moms and how they support their children when they're home. Oh. I was like, this is so great. I don't even, I wouldn't know you if you walked in the room here. Right. And it was just, it was just for me, there's a, there's a different level of, of pride in that. And that's what keeps me inspired. Mm. Reach well, fantastic. Right. Yes. Well, thank you so much for oh, being Oh, thank on the you show. for having me. I'm glad we were able to make it happen. And I'm just excited to, to continue this work and stay connected with the two of you and, and have you on. Absolutely. We would love it. Thank you for listening. And if you would like to stay linked up, be sure to follow us on Apple and Spotify and subscribe to us on YouTube.